Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. What's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I am your host, Sean Dustin. This is your first time listening. Welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us this evening. Got a good, good show for you. Uh, Another one. We had a great episode earlier. Uh, And if anybody out there hasn't checked it out, if you want to hear me crying almost, go ahead and check out the previous one that I did. That was a heavy episode, man. I revealed some some heavy stuff in there. So uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to go listen to it. so yeah, go check that out. Uh, if you're on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that uh, subscribe button and thumbs the video up. If you're here on Facebook, uh, checking us out, go ahead and share and like the video. Uh, Facebook doesn't like to promote stuff. Uh, they would rather you pay them to promote it. So for us to be able to get our stuff out there and get it seen, I depend on the you, the viewer, to share it with your uh, your audience or your followers or whatever it is that you want to follow. Uh, uh, the, whatever it is. Anyways, uh, podcast platforms as well. Uh, subscribe and it makes me a little bit more visible on the platforms themselves it gets me up into the new and noteworthy category which makes me visible to more people and that's what we need that's what i need that's what the show needs so anyways uh our guest tonight is sarah dak and i ran into sarah on a uh (laughs) clubhouse uh, room. And, uh, if, if you guys have been hearing more about clubhouse out there, there is a reason why, because clubhouse right now is all of the rage. If you're an iPhone user, if you're Android, I don't know what to tell you, man, you guys got to wait, but if you're on iPhone and you can get an invite, I highly suggest you go over there and you check out clubhouse because there is so many authentic and real conversations happening over there. Uh, lots of good information, lots of good tips and tricks for everything from speaking to podcasting to you name it. There's a club over there and there are tips and tricks for you to be able to hack whatever it is that you're trying to do quicker than you would by going and doing it yourself or figuring it out yourself. So the reason why I had Sarah on is I, I, I looked into her bio and she had a really, really, really interesting story. She suffered from uh, ulcerative, ulcerative colitis and she beat it. And the, how she beat it was with a plant-based diet. And so that was really interested in that because uh, my mom suffers from a couple of different things. So I want to talk to Sarah and hear about her story and how she did that. So let's bring her in. Sean, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for yeah, coming out. 
Well, thanks. Of course. Um, it was lovely to meet you on Clubhouse. I'm, I'm a bit of a fiend lately. I can't help it. I wake up with Clubhouse. I go to bed with Clubhouse. <laughs> it's like my connection to the world again. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if they really anticipated how, how, uh, how organic these conversations are. I mean, it's literally like, like, like a village being around a campfire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the conversation is just so attractive as well. I mean, you get in there and you're talking immediately talking with experts in such a niche field and they're feeding you with all of this updated information consistently. And the cool thing about it is you get the opportunity to speak with these experts as well, one-on-one. So I, I love it. I love it. I've always been a huge networker back in Australia. It was one of my favorite things and relocated to America. COVID happened and then I felt so isolated and Clubhouse popped up and I'm getting my fix again it's good <laughs> it is i you know last night i was on clubhouse from 10 o'clock so i had two i had a i had a stream at seven and we finished at eight we bs'd for another hour after that and then i went over to clubhouse and was editing and listening and and chiming in and i didn't get off of clubhouse till two o'clock in the morning oh wow yeah you are an addict, mate. You, you, you're topping me. I can't say that I've been up until 2 a.m. listening. But, like, once it gets to that, that hour, it's I, like all the conversations are different because they're coming from different parts of the world. So, like, it's all in German or French or some other language that I can't quite follow. <laughs> so yeah. that's when I tap out. <laughs> yeah, I was in – well, the podcasting ones are really, really interesting because there's tons of tricks over there and people are, are, are you know, organically finding each other. Uh, I I think the great part about it is it's what's so different about Clubhouse versus, let's say, like Instagram or Twitter or Facebook yeah. is you don't really get to know who it is that you're following. You, you, you really base it on, OK, what do I see? OK, who do they, who, who do they follow that I follow? Um, you know, when somebody friend requests you, you're 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 looking and you're like, okay, well, it's a brand new account. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring you on, you know, you're probably going to try and sell me something. But with clubhouse, it's like, you can hear them talking. So, so first of all, there's, it's almost like a, like a, like a three layer authentication process. Right. So you hear them speak. You're like, Oh, I like what they said. And you go to their bio. Oh, I like what they, what they wrote. And you yeah. know, here's here's where we align and we kind of intersect. All right, well, let me go one step further. Let me just go down to their Instagram and see where they're at there. And then you can get another one. And then you can get even a fourth if you go and check out their, their Twitter. So, yeah. I mean, it's really, uh, I don't I It's raw. It's very transparent. You know, it's very oh. real. And I'm into that. Yeah, me too. There's so much. Yeah. There's, there's so much stuff going on right now where... And we're not going to get into the stuff that's going on right now, but there's it's it's definitely not transparent and smoke and mirrors, and you know we never really know what's up or down. And yeah, mainstream media. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. Um, and so this is just it's nice. It is nice and it's refreshing, and yeah. it's like I feel so satisfied when I when I finally hang up and leave. Yeah, agreed. A hundred percent with you there, Sean. Okay, well, since we're not getting paid to to promote Clubhouse, Clubhouse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> 
Um, let's get to you and why, and why we're here to talk about you and your, uh, your situation. So, um, yeah, just go ahead and give me a little brief, uh, background on yourself. I know you're from Australia. You gave me a little bit of that information. Love the accent, uh, between, Thanks, yeah, between, between Aussies and, and, uh, Kiwis. I, I, you know, I, I, I think I'm in the wrong part of the world because I uh, really love those, those, uh, those, those accents and, and, and the area too, man. New Zealand is, is a beautiful place. Yeah, if the world turns to chaos, just relocate to New Zealand. I actually once heard that New Zealanders were bottling their air and selling it to Chinese people for $40 a bottle. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, no word of a lie. I actually Googled it and this was a legitimate thing. That There was photos of people running across hills, bottling up air and selling it to China for $40 a bottle. So, yeah, wow. New Zealand's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is yeah. so crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been charting in New Zealand and Australia and like New Zealand, I've been at like 40 in philosophy, number 40 in philosophy on I, on Apple, uh, whatever the hell that is uh, for the longest time. Um, yeah. So that, New, Ze- New Zealand world. likes what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be accepted then. You'll be allowed into the country. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. So, so how did you make your way to like, what was, what was that? How'd you get, how'd you, why would you go from there to come over to here? Ah, uh, so yeah, I know. Look, I love Australia. Australia is um, such a, the, the, you, you don't, you don't appreciate what you've got until you don't have it anymore. Um, I had no idea that the beaches in Australia were so beautiful. Um, I knew they were, but just in comparison to a lot of, you know, the other parts of the world. But um, no, I was on a vacation in New York and I met an American man and within four days, we knew we wanted to be with, with each other for the rest of our lives and the rest was history. So, wow. yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a love story. I won't get into, you know, the details of that. But, um, yeah, we I, I flew back to Australia four days later and within three weeks he had me back in America for a month and we just kept going backwards and forwards until uh, six months later we got married in America. So, yeah, it was – yeah, and we're here three years later. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations for finding your forever person. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had to travel to the other side of the world to find him, but um, I always knew I wasn't going to marry an Australian man. They just didn't do it for me. And then, you know, I traveled to America and I, lo- I fell in love with the culture here. I really did. I loved New York and um, yeah. So I met someone and he completed it. <laughs> yeah. We had that, we had that uh, talk about, uh, New York and and me yeah. never ha- me never having been to New York oh, and like man. and not even really being interested in never going to New York. Um, but you know that may change. I you know San Francisco has just become like just not a very nice place to visit. Yeah, I and, hear. And it's you know I used to work there. Uh, I would go into the city. I remember I worked near the Tenderloin at one point, and I mean literally at five a.m. in the morning, they're out uh, pressure washing the feces in the urine off of the sidewalks, and that smell when it's like wafting up into the air, and you've got to walk through it. I'm like Jesus, I need another shower. <laughs> I would actually love to know um, whether it's bad for your health that you're breathing in that toxicity daily of human feces 
I'm I'm not a doctor, so I, I I wouldn't know, but I would be very curious to know what could be going on behind the scenes there, because um I know that your environment plays a huge part in your 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 gut health. Um, you know, just the pollutants that you pick up or the toxic sprays that you use around the house can really implicate your gut health. So, like, if you're breathing in human feces every day. Maybe wear a mask. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it, it's that way with uh, pigeon pigeon uh, dung, right? It, the, the, so, like, when if you're going to, I remember like the the world's deadliest job or dirtiest jobs. Um, they were people that go and clean up the uh, the pigeon poop uh, where where they congregate, I guess. And uh, yeah. you've got to be careful because if you breathe that in. Uh, and you know, the dust from the, from the pigeon, uh, crap, it, uh, it can make you really sick. That's interesting. You actually taught me something new today. I had no idea. Well, I'd fact check that if I were you. (laughs) 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 I I know I heard it somewhere, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's true, but I I just fact check it just to make sure. Cause you know, I've been known, I've been known to miss one or two. But if it makes a great story, then, you know, <laughs> we'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah, if it works for politicians, why can't I do it too? <laughs> Just don't go snorting pigeon poo. <laughs> moral, of the snor- moral of the story. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So, yeah, that that's a great, yeah. seg- great segue, yeah. though, right into gut health because that's yeah. really where you found the relief – in, in what you were suffering with, with the uh, ulcerative colitis, right? Yeah, snorting pigeon poo. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 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 that didn't happen. Don't quote me on that one. Um, so, yeah, so although I had this beautiful new um, fruitful relationship with my amazing husband, I also got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at the same time. So it was a weird um, transition for me because I'd relocated to this huge city, which can be quite intimidating. I married a guy and after knowing him for six months, and I also got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at the same time. So there were three big new relationships in my life that I had to navigate my way through. And it, it was tough. It was so tough. I had no one in New York, no one. I didn't have any friends. I had no family. Um, But, you know, you grow a lot of resilience through times of survival. Um, But, yeah, so I was diagnosed by a gastroenterologist who – I don't know if we need to go, like, into what ulcerative colitis is. I will. I will just – yeah, okay. So I I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an inflammatory bowel disease. It is also considered an autoimmune disease, meaning that it is incurable. So I was diagnosed with something that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And I didn't even know how to pronounce the word, let alone what it even was when I was diagnosed with this. And he said to me, these were his words, you're going to be married to this for life. And he kicked me out the door. Mm. So that was tough. You know, um, and this is these old school doctors, you know, we don't expect them to have bedside manners, but it's just a shame that a lot of these um, old school doctors were literally educated two months worth of nutrition during their um, gastroenterology uh well, what do you call it? Like mm. not a certification diploma, whatever. They are only they only studied nutrition for two months of like a five-year degree. And so that's why they can't sit there and give you nutritional advice when they diagnose you with something that is targeted 
in the intestines like it's it's an it's 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 a disease of the intestines and what actually happens is my body is attacking my intestines which call causes ulcers on the inner lining and so then um the ulcers become inflamed and that's when you get blood in your stool and you have urgencies you feel nauseous you get migraines you're bedridden with aches and pains like you name it like every in in part of inflammation that could exist in the body happens especially during a flare-up so it's not it's not a sexy disease (laughs) (laughs) no disease Uh, is but this is especially unsexy so but 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 that's a good yeah but that's a good point because a lot of people they don't go and get checked out because of the embarrassment around talking about this Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much shame. I mean, when I was diagnosed, you know, I was only fresh into my relationship with my husband and it's a honeymoon phase. You know, everything's perfect. You don't fight. You don't burp. You don't do anything weird, you know, and then all of a sudden my butt had a mind of its own. So like. My husband knew immediately that something was going on. I'm just like, get out of the room. Like, (laughs) it was so, it was mortifying. It was absolutely mortifying. So, um, but thank goodness he's like more of a science brain. So everything's black and white for him and he doesn't get affected by weird stuff. So I had, I was, yeah, he was team Sarah, which was great. Um, But the truth is a lot of people and, 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 Colon cancer especially is on the rise. Um, They're saying that, you know, what is it, every one in five or something? It's getting really bad now. And it's because people are too ashamed to go to the doctor and get checked to because they have symptoms. And that's scary, you know. Um, The shame, and and that's something I'm trying to break down is uh, through what I'm doing is just creating a platform where it's fully transparent to give people the opportunity to be able to talk about their digestive health issues. So, yeah. So anyway, so I was diagnosed with that and I set out on a journey um, to try and find healing through food. Um, And that was an interesting journey. Stop me at any stage if you have questions, by the way. Um, and so I stumbled across the paleo diet. Um, if you're not familiar with the paleo diet, it is mostly like it's, it's mostly meat, um, vegetables, no grains, no processed foods. Um, and some parts of the paleo diet are really good, but some parts of it, unfortunately, fast-tracked my disease into a situation where I was finding myself bedridden for weeks on end. And that was scary for me because the more inflammation that you have, the more susceptible you become to colorectal cancer. And I'm already um, four times higher of the chance of getting colorectal cancer than a normal person just because I've now had inflammation, chronic inflammation in the intestines. So, yeah, so it, it, it's scary. It's really yeah. scary. It's really scary because you're fighting to get rid of the inflammation in every way possible, but it was just progressively getting worse on this paleo diet. And then last year I was in bed sick for about three weeks, couldn't move, couldn't work, couldn't do anything, was going to the toilet probably every 15 or 20 minutes. 
and um, stumbled across a gastroenterologist who was advocating plant-based nutrition. And that was a revelation for me because I had gone through five different gastroenterologists that all told me the same thing. Diet has nothing to do with your condition. Um, it might play a part, but, you know, you can try, but it's not really going to do anything for you. And this gastroenterologist was like, well, actually – plant diversity can help heal the gut and he specifically focuses on IBD patients myself and he said that the basis of what is going on with my gut health is I have the worst form of gut dysbiosis meaning leaky gut and that means that I have to increase my plant diversity in order to heal and I was really really like I, it was, I was in awe of this, this method because I'd never heard it before. You know, I, I have a bunch of friends who are vegans and they, you know, rant on about um, animal, animal rights and all of that, but I'd never heard about veganism for health. Um, so, yeah, that was really, really interesting. And so, only yeah, one, one, one question. So were you, were you a meat eater up to this point? Oh, yeah. So the paleo diet is meat eating meat and because I was on a restricted paleo diet I was actually encouraged by nutritionists to be eating more meat than the regular person because apparently meat had a lot of healing properties in it but I wasn't getting better I was getting worse um, and I had always eaten meat my whole life um, but I'd never eaten it to the degree that I was eating it once I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis because I'd been told that meat was going to help me heal and it was actually doing the opposite for my body. So, yeah, so no, I've never had anything against meat. I love a burger, always loved a good burger. Um, but as soon as I read the science behind how meat can actually activate the cancer cells in your body, I immediately knew that right then and there I needed to stop eating meat. So that's true. Like, like, is that, is that for everybody? Yeah. So I don't want to freak any, everyone out, but the way that it works and it's mostly with red meat is that it activates a chemical compound in the body called TMAO and TMAO then turns on the cancer cells and can cause, um, cancer such as colorectal cancer. Um, so, I and it's 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 the, the book that I read has over 600 different scientific references. It's been read by many different doctors. So, and it's the most updated information you can find that's out there at the moment. So yeah, so <laughs> it's leg, it's legit. It's legit stuff. All right, all right, dang, because yeah. I love yeah. ribeye. Yeah, I know. I have a carnivorous husband um, and I don't hold it against him. I was a meat eater, um, but he has cut down his meat intake since he started to adopt this science as well. Um, but um, the the silver lining is that they like it said that you can still eat meat, but it needs to be a 90% plant-based diet meaning that like for the 10 percent that you eat meat during the year it should be only small like small portions of meat and obviously not every day because that would make up more than 10 percent of the year so yeah but unfortunately red meat is the worst of them all 
I processed wonder, as well. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's because of all of the antibiotics that they put in it and everything else that gets that gets you know because it's not like it's not like any of these cows are out just you know naturally you know hanging out kicking it eating and and get and growing and then getting slaughtered they're being pumped full of hormones and and yeah. all this other stuff antibiotics and and you know who knows you know what what they're drinking and what else they're putting in it um so yeah it's uh it's really scary when you start thinking about it because i mean we we have to eat right yeah and they make it really difficult for for people who really don't have the money to eat healthy because you know it's you've got uh you know if you want if you even just wanted to go healthy uh it's tough you know you you go and get get yourself a healthy stuff let's say you get your uh you get your grass-fed meat you get your organic uh food your organic uh vegetables and fruits and all of that stuff and you may have like a a a bag and a half and you've spent $80 versus, you know, you go and shop in the middle of the grocery store and get all of the other things. And you can literally, you know, probably have four or five bags of groceries for the same price. So interestingly enough, although um, it's been marketed that grass fed is a better option, it is, but it's still unfortunately creates the same problem within your gut health. So it doesn't matter if it's grass-fed or not. Grass-fed is obviously a better option, um, but it still does the same thing to your gut. So, But what I found out, which was really fascinating, it's so manipulative, if if it says on the label grass-fed, what that actually means, and I, I, you're laughing so I think you might already know. So it, it's grass-fed up until 60% of its lifetime and then the last 40% they can actually um, grain feed it. Mm. So um, and then that's still, that's still considered as grass-fed. So now people are writing on their labels grass-fed and grass-finished to know that it's actually it has been grass fed its entire life. So, but yeah, regardless, um, you know, grass fed's obviously a better option, but it's still doing the same damage to your gut. But in, in regards to what you're saying, like, so eating healthy, um, look, if you, meat is generally the most expensive part of like when you, when you buy your groceries, you're generally paying most for your meat with the organic foods. I totally understand. There's definitely an argument there. However, there's actually ways in which you can shop non-organic knowing that you're getting like a less amount of pesticides in your foods. And the way that you do that is that if the skin of the vegetable or fruit is thicker, then it has less pesticides in it because the pesticides have to penetrate through the skin to get to the actual vegetable or fruit. Mm. So if you want to shop organic or you're thinking of doing half organic, half not, the thicker vegetables and fruits, like with the thicker skin, are more safer as non-organic. Whereas like the ones with the thin skin, like apples or strawberries, berries and stuff like that, you want to opt for organic. Another trick is, is that you can buy frozen foods and they're generally cheaper. And the cool thing about frozen frozen fruit and vegetables is they're picked when they're most ripe. Um, and then they're frozen, so they they sustain a lot of the nutrients still, and they're a lot cheaper. So 
I don't know if I necessarily believe that eating healthier can be is more expensive. It's just that people build this hype up into thinking that eating healthy has to be expensive. But it actually, if you break it down, there's so many ways that you can make it much more economical for you and the family. Like canned canned vegetables as well. Can like it's not the best option, but it is another option where mm. you can save money. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was thinking about something when you were talking about the uh, the organic. So here's another here's another trick that they do uh, with free range. So do you, do you, do you know what what the criteria for free range means? Um, which part? Tell me. Well, well, if they say it's free range, right? Yeah. All all they have to do is have access to sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> They're still locked in. You know, they're still stacked on top of each other and they can look outside, but they can't go and, and, and mull yeah. around. So I know. And, and here's another and here's another thing like uh, to the what you're talking about there. So, yeah, you have the the vegetables that are have the thicker, thicker skin. But what about the that, you know, that have the pesticides that are sprayed on them? But what about the the pesticides that are in the actual the GMO uh, seeds that are within the actual seed itself? So genetically modified cropping has been happening for centuries, right? If you take a look at a banana or a watermelon or anything like that, um, 100 years ago in comparison to now, they've been modified so that the human can eat it and enjoy it and what's, and so forth. So when something's genetically modified, there's actually no, there should be no pesticides involved in the process. It's actually when they're, they're, they're growing the crop and they're growing it in masses, that's when they need to use the pesticides so that they can feed the masses. So because otherwise, you know, the crop can die off or bugs attack it or whatever the case is. So there's two there's two 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 different stories going on here, if you know what I mean. Like the genetically modified and that that's another thing. Like the genetically modified um, concept has been heavily um, burdened um, with, you know, media marketing, all of that sort of stuff. But it actually there's nothing wrong with the process itself. It's what they use that affects the fruits and veg of the produce that's going into our system and it's long-term chronic inflammation so mm. you won't feel it now but if you've been eating crappy food for 10 years you'll start to feel <laughs> the impacts then yeah right um so yeah you you so i i know part of your story because we had talked and so once you figured all this stuff out you um got in touch with with a doctor that wrote a book Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that book is really what saved your life and changed everything for it's a game changer for you. Right. Oh, in so many ways. So many ways. I mean, the second chapter, I, as soon as I read the second chapter, I was just bawling into, into, into tears because he starts the book off by making you feel like you have this huge responsibility to take look after your body. And if you don't look after your body, then it's a huge detriment to your life. And you're like, what the fuck have I been doing? Like, why am I treating myself like shit? And so the whole basis behind this is like we have trillions of microorganisms from top to toe, but they mostly reside in our gut, right? Mm -hmm. And these microorganisms, they survive off the food we eat to keep us alive. And if we keep feeding our body with junk food, then these little guys are going to die and we're going to, our bodies are going to turn to shit. And it's just like, 
this makes it's it's so basic but makes so much sense and if we feed our body with the right foods then these little guys can operate properly to keep us healthy and happy but the problem is is that we're not diversifying our intake of food right our fiber like so our plants right we don't we only eat maybe what is it like 11% of our like so 11% of our plant intake is all we get per year right the rest is filled with processed foods animal fats all of that and if we're not feeding our bodies with enough plant fiber then our 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 microbes have nothing to feed off so yeah so that was like when I read that I was just like oh shit like what am I doing like (laughs) I'm literally eating burgers potatoes and Brussels sprouts so like how are my little guys surviving to keep me happy and healthy like that's why I'm not that's that's why I'm not healthy because I'm not doing justice to my body so yeah that was that that started that kicked things off for me Yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool, man. Um, and so you had, uh, not only did that kick it off for you, you actually got in touch with the author of the book, right? Yeah, I did. So his, his name is Dr. Will Bultswitz. Oh, you've written it down the bottom. Okay. Fabulous. Um, the last name's a bit of a, uh, a mouthful. Dr. Will Bultswitz. Yes. Got in contact with him. And, um, since then we've become mates. Mm-hmm. Um, caught up with him. Uh, he, yeah, we caught, we went out for dinner. Um, and yeah, so I've, he sort of just brought me into his little gut health community. I'm working on some stuff for him at the moment. He's working on st- some stuff for me. So we might have some projects in the pipeline that are going on, but I can't say too much at the moment. So I've got to keep that under hush. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, just the, just the, the journey itself, right? How, how one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. And usually, you know, if you're, if you're waiting around for, for Western medicine or, you know, big, the, the, whatever you want to call it here, uh, to, you know, save you, um, that's probably not going to happen. No, no. You have to be, you, you have to advocate for your own health. And that's really what 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 your what your uh, your your main message is, right? Totally. I mean, when you're sick, like really sick, whether it's you know, and and this isn't just like gut health. Like this is whether you're feeling chronically fatigued. This is whether you're getting migraines. Whether you've got aches and pains in the body. Um, There's so many things that indicate that we have inflammation of the body but we choose to either normalize it like migraines like one of my friends the other day was saying that he always gets migraines and he totally normalized that and I'm like that's your health like the reason why you're getting migraines is because there's something going on in here that you're not you're not listening to and it's even seasonal allergies like seasonal allergies mind-blowing right if you Mm -hmm. have seasonal allergies that means that your gut health is not in order so every even depression like you name it there's so many things that if it the the body's not aligned it's stemming from the gut and this is like like this is like revolutionary um information that we're being fed right now this is groundbreaking stuff that i'm learning like it's only just surfacing doctors only just talking about it and so many gastroenterologists are now worldwide getting behind this methodology about increasing your plant diversity in order to heal whatever inflammation that you've got going on your in your body and the cool part about this entire methodology it's not like it's not saying 
stop eating meat. And I find that like a lot of diets, they make, they, they use fear mongering tactics, right? They say, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. You can't eat this. And you're like, holy shit, what can I eat? Like, I don't even know where to start. This is like, okay, yeah, meat sucks, but what you need to actually focus on is increasing your plant diversity. If you keep eating more varieties of plants, then you're just going to naturally become healthier and healthier and healthier. And eventually you start to use meat as like a secondary to whatever you're eating. So you'll have a huge plate full of all of this plant food and then only like a small portion of meat. And every time, like the longer that you stick to a lifestyle like this, the healthier you're going to feel, the happier you're going to feel, the more energy you going to feel the less pain you're going to feel in your body and like I'm meeting people who have been on this diverse plant-based diet for over 10 years and they're 50 years old and they look about 35 you know and like that says something you know they look fabulous and I'm like what do you do and they're just like I just eat plants that that's a secret like I just eat plants so the reason why doctors and the, the medical industry don't want us to know about this is it's going to ruin the pharmaceutical industry. And this is like Dr. Will Bultswitz is literally going after the pharmaceutical industry in a big way. And he's not condemning the medication that we're using. Like the medication is obviously so important and it plays a huge role. But what he's saying is like, no, the, the pharmaceutical industry don't care about what we eat because they know that the sicker we get, the more they're going to pump our bodies with this medication. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so manipulated. Like I could keep going on for days about this information. Like I think it's like 70% of anti, like the antibiotics that the agriculture, agriculture industry are getting are all from the pharmaceutical company. So it's just like, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because of the antibiotics yeah, and all the other yeah, things yeah, that they're selling. Yeah. It's like, you know, not only are they making money from selling us medication, they're making money from selling antibiotics and hormones and all this other stuff to, to the, uh, you know, the big, big ag, is that what it's called? Big agriculture. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's been a really interesting, awesome process for me. So that's why I launched what I was doing because I wanted to educate anyone and everyone about the importance of incorporating more plants into their diet and understanding that diversity is the key to healing. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not sitting there and slamming meat at all um, because I don't think that that's helpful. I really don't think that the whole veganism political perspective is helping people understand the value of health and what it means to be healthy. So, yeah, I hope that it works. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that more conversations like this that are, you know, based on, okay, you you have information, you sound like you know what you're talking about, you know, you obviously went through something and you had to learn because you no longer have ulcerative colitis anymore, right? It's in remission. Yeah, correct. And you know what was really interesting when I transitioned off a meat diet? Um, I smelt really bad like my bo was like and i was showering twice a day it was it was like my body was detoxing off the meat that i had been consuming over the two and a half three years of having ulcerative colitis so my body went through a really really interesting transition and um 
yeah, I finally got to the other side of it, which was good. And also what was really interesting is when I was on the paleo diet, I couldn't put on weight. I lost so much weight. I was down to maybe 99 pounds, so 44 kilos. Um, and as soon as I turned plant-based, um, I started to finally put on weight again. Mm. So, yeah, my body was finally absorbing nutrients and healing. You want to know? You want to know something? I mean, not to not to get off topic here, but no, um, go for you, it. You want to know something that's kind of really gross? So what? I I got my uh, my uh, my one of my tooth has a has a cap on it, and there's yeah. a bit and there's a big gap underneath it, and and meat will get stuck in there sometimes, <laughs> and if I don't like you know make sure I get it out of there, I'll, I'll start to like when I go to try to get it out. Yeah, it smells like the beginning of poop. <laughs> it does. It, it, That's it, wild. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, and then and then then it starts. It made sense to me. I'm like, oh, so rotting meat. Yeah, is what makes our shit smell so bad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't have that issue anymore, which is good, and. <laughs> You know what? The, you know what's really interesting about um, the meat diets, and like when people have digestive health issues, they're like, "But I eat meat, and I don't have any like bloating, or I don't have any issues with my stomach." It's because there's no fiber in meat for the microbes in our body to feed off, so it just sits there, wasting away. Like the, it, it provides literally no purpose for the microbes in our gut to sustain the health of our body. The only, the only one thing that vegans definitely need to take is B12. So that is one thing we do get from meat that we can't get enough of from plant foods. So we have to supplement with B12. So yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure it is. Um, and for those that don't know, and I'm sure everybody knows, well, not everybody, but I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know now that, uh, you know, your gut is really your second brain. All of your hormones are produced there. All of your yeah. chemicals and everything else that, that we need to kind of balance us. You know, if you got people that are, un, you know, chemically unbalanced, uh, maybe there's something wrong down there. Right. Um, I, uh, it's funny. It's no, it's not funny, but, um, you mentioned, uh, headaches and stuff. Like I, mm -hmm. I get headaches. I don't, I mean, they're not as, I don't see, I don't know. Because to me, they're not the ones that like light. Well, you know what? Honestly, that's not true either. Um, I'll usually have to go to sleep in order to get rid of it. Okay. So like if you look at a light, does it make the headache hurt more? Oh, well, it, it, it may, it's better for me when I turn the lights off. <laughs> okay. So it, it, it could be a migraine. You could be getting migraines. Hmm. Yeah. So it, I mean, stress can definitely be yeah. a huge um, factor for migraines. Um, but, like, with migraines, it's important, like, if it seems to be a common occurrence. And, like, I'm not a doctor, so, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to let everyone know. Um, but if you do have migraines, if, if it's a consistent thing, just start journal, like, thinking about what 
you did in lead up to getting a migraine because there can be so many different things that trigger a migraine stress being one foods that you were eating being two um there's environmental factors as well but it's mostly lifestyle and food that trigger the migraines so it's really important to like maybe even journal um what what you were doing that day so that you can start to see a consistent theme that may lead towards whatever's caused that so that's one piece of advice I can give you in regards to migraines. But yeah, it's definitely inflammation for sure. So it's good to um good to take note. Do you take any? Uh, well, I mean, you probably don't have a whole lot of inflammation now. But I mean, do you? Were you taking CBD or do you take CBD at all for you know to help with inflammation or? <sighs> um. Look, people swear by it. People say that it really helps for arthritis. Um. I didn't really see much of a difference when I did ha- use it, but I was using it when I was really chronically inflamed, so nothing was working, you know. Um, I do have my medicinal marijuana card uh, being in New York, so <laughs> I just smoke the real stuff, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes just straight to the real stuff, um, and that helps. That helps significantly with um, stomach, like if if you are having like stomach troubles and like you mentioned that you have IBS or you have bouts of IBS, right? Hello? Don't worry. It's coming back. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, So did you hear what I said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's IBS or if it's just the uh, just the fact that I eat horribly. Uh, I didn't used to. I was on keto, and that was really hard to sustain. That's a lot of fat and a lot of. I just didn't like it. It was good to jumpstart yeah. to, to jumpstart the process, and then like I lost fifteen pounds without even having to go to the gym, and then I turned around and started going to the gym and, you know, finished and and took off 35 pounds. But through this COVID, uh, this, whatever that we've been going through this last year, uh, I've put probably about 30 to 40 pounds of that back on. Mm. And it's not from eating healthy. It's from eating, you know, well, it's not unhealthy. It's just my portions are are like, I don't, this, I, I don't, I can't, what, what do you want me to do with that? (laughs) What, what, What do you want me to do with that? And so, uh, I guess if I were to have a plate of vegetables, I could solve that problem because I'm eating a plate of other stuff, <laughs> mm. you know? You could try. Like, honestly, like, just try to – I'm not going to tell you to stop eating meat, but what I'm going to encourage you to do is incorporate more plants um, and naturally you'll just start to cut out the other stuff. Like dairy is just like a no-go. We So get this, right, with dairy, um, and I'm sorry for anyone who are cheese lovers out there, we have an enzyme in us, um, the lactase enzyme in us, right, that we develop. Uh, when we are when we're children so I mean, babies like babies when we're infants right we have this lactase enzyme and the reason why we have it is to break down our mother's milk and digest it right this lactase enzyme stops producing at the age of three years old and the lactase enzyme its responsibility is to break down lactose so that is why 70 percent of now americans are lactose intolerant we're not actually meant to be drinking dairy at all because we don't have the enzyme in us to help support the breakdown of lactose and that's why people are having all these types of stomach troubles when they eat bulk's amount of cheese or ice cream or whatever it is we're not meant to be having it. There's nothing in our body that's helping breaking it down. So that was also really interesting. So for me to find out that like 
why are we being pushed to drink milk where we don't actually have the enzymes in our body to help support the breakdown of it? And they say, oh, calcium intake. Well, you can get calcium from your greens. If you eat a, a cup of greens, you're getting more calcium from that than drinking milk. So it's, it's everything's so manipulated. <laughs> well, the correct phrase would be everything's a rich man's trick. Yeah. There's, a, totally. there's, there's actually a documentary that's out there and that's why I, I plugged that because I'm having the guy uh, that, that did the uh, documentary on my show uh, on Saturday. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And he did a, a three and a half hour long documentary that took the last hundred years of everything that we've been through and pinpointed everything to, you know, being a rich man's trick. So, I mean, everything is um, like what's up is down. What's right is left. What's like yeah. our, our, re our reality is literally inverted. And yeah. usually what we think is never what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you. So, yeah, for you, I would say maybe cut the dairy out, minute like minimize the meat and just keep eating more plants and slowly you will start to look like achieve the goals that you're looking for so if it's it's minimizing the migraines they will naturally start to go because i was getting severe migraines on the paleo diet such bad migraines now i don't get them anymore um and for you if weight loss is a thing you will naturally lose the weight it will just drop off you it really will um so yeah so i highly recommend you you could definitely make some changes there and see how you go but on the topic of ibs is that something that you wanted to talk about um, yeah, I mean, we could talk about it, but there's one thing that, that, that I want to uh, clarify a little bit is, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Is, is with the milk because my daughter oh, yeah. drinks so much milk and okay. she's, she's three and a half, almost four years old. Yeah. And, and like, she does not like, doesn't want juice, doesn't want, you know, water doesn't, I mean, she'll drink water sometimes, but it's just like that milk, man. And yeah. She's constantly wanting that milk, and like, what is that doing? I mean, all that those hormones and and everything else that's that's in it. And not to mention, you know, the the fact that you said we're not even really supposed to be having it. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, what do you what do you like? Is that bad? I mean, <laughs> I mean, at the moment she can get away with it because she's three. So like, she's still got the active enzyme in there that's helping break down the milk. But the more she drinks it, the more she'll deplete herself of the enzyme. Um, but there's actually a really good plant-based milk called Oatly. Um, it, it does have one additive in it that I don't necessarily agree with, but it's a hell of a lot better than drinking dairy milk, and it tastes very similar to the real stuff. And it's so creamy, and it's so delicious, and it's made out of oats. Mm. So you could not tell her that it's not dairy and see how she responds to it when she tries it. Um, and then that way, you know, that you're giving her something that's a lot healthier for her, uh, internal organs. So that's one option that you could definitely opt for. And then like, if you want, you can still transition in and out of milk. They say that the organic milk is a lot better because it's, you know, the pest, uh, not pesticide, antibiotic free and stuff. But, um, yeah, you can also go for a lactose free milk as well, mm. which is another option. Um, I always say organic, but yeah, the Oatly is definitely a really, really good option to transition into. A lot of people just love, like my husband, who's still a carnivore, he, he opts for Oatly instead of dairy milk because he loves the flavor so much more. In his coffee, he loves it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's uh she's pretty slick. I tried to I tried to switch it up on her with uh with almond milk because I drink almond milk. Yeah, and, uh, and no, you can like, tell the difference. Yeah, almond she milk doesn't, doesn't cut it. <laughs> she wasn't having it. She literally threw it across the room. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> almond milk either. I'm with her. I would throw it across the room too. I like your daughter. <laughs> she knows that she's got good taste buds. Now try try the oatly and let me know if you have any success with it. I'll be interested to know. All right, Oatly, O-A-T-L-E-Y? L-Y, yeah. L-Y, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the IBS. We, we're at about 50 minutes right now, so we can spend the last 10 minutes uh, talking about my my irritable bowel syndrome. Well, the or, interest – sorry, Gar, I don't want to cut you off. If that's even what it is. I mean, I, I know everything that, that, that goes on down there is a direct result of, of what I'm eating. Yeah, well, if it okay, so it depends. Like, if you eat something and then you immediately have to rush to the toilet, then yeah, it could be something going on there. But um, IBS is also heavily related to the gut-brain axis, right? So, like, if you and and this can relate to a lot of people. Like, have you ever been like so nervous that you've needed to go do a poo? Mm-hmm. right so yeah. what's happening is like you're feeling anxious right and your neurodegenerative i can never say that it's so <laughs> i always get tongue-tied when i say this word neuroendocrine system is actually activating right and it experiences changes in the system and what happens is that you start to experience IBS symptoms. And so a lot of people think that um, your gut brain acts, like your brain isn't connected to your gut. But then like if you experience something like needing to poo when you're nervous, then that just goes to show that it's heavily impacted like whatever's going on in here happens in here as well mm-hmm. so for people with ibs i i feel sorry for them because they have a hard time trying to figure out if it's the food or it's their anxiety or whatever it is um you can heal it through a plant diverse diet but it's also a matter of figuring out like what your food sensitivities are we'll get into that another day though because like yeah. that's a whole nother ball game but 90% of the hormone serotonin is actually produced in your gut. So for a very long time, we always thought that serotonin was produced in the brain, but it's actually produced in the gut. And the way that we can feed this hormone, um, feed it with goodness is by through the food that we eat. So there's specific plant foods that you can eat that actually nourish the serotonin in your gut. And then that sends like messages up to the brain and then the brain feels happy too. And interestingly enough, uh, the other day I actually ate a whole bowl of sweet potato and like within half an hour I felt really happy and I was just like is this placebo and I, <laughs> I, I, I asked a, I asked a doctor on Clubhouse today and I said tell me if this is placebo and she's like it's not she's like I have had countless of people say to me and there's research that have been done that they've eaten a bowl of kale and felt happy afterwards and like I'm not telling everyone to go away and eat a bowl of kale that sounds so boring but <laughs> <laughs> But it's amazing how much these plant foods can impact you in a positive way to help fuel the hormones that you need in order to sustain a happy and healthy mind. So you could start with that to see if it has got something to do with anxiety. Um, But if we don't continue feeding our body with 
the sustenance that it needs, then we can also develop Alzheimer's, depression, um, and yeah, so and which is all brain-related diseases. So it's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> so if somebody is out there and they they're like okay you know what you you've got you've got me scared now and i think i want to change some stuff around and you know i don't, I don't want to scare people that's <laughs> not my <laughs> i'm sorry everyone i don't i don't i'm not gonna die <laughs> i'm tired of these poo issues and i want to live better and so for somebody that that's a doesn't like, I mean, I like vegetables, but yeah. it's not, it's, I mean, eating them all the time to me, it's just not, I mean, they're, it, it's hard to do. So what, is there a cookbook out there that where you can like make vegetables taste better? You know what the trick is? And like, it's so funny because I used to have the same mentality as you. I was like, vegetables are so boring. You just put them on your plate and you eat them. You can do so much with vegetables. It's wild. Like all the flavor comes from vegetables. But not only that, the spices and sauces that you're putting on your meat can translate so easy over to your vegetables. Like, for instance, the other day I pan fried the shit out of a giant portobello mushroom with smoked paprika and salt, fed it to my husband. He's like, dude like this he said it's as soft as a filet mignon the flavor tastes like a piece of meat he's like this is unreal so there's actually so much that you can do with vegetables like for instance if you want to make taco meat you can blend some walnuts and you can blend some um, cauliflower throw it in the fry pan mix it around with all the cajun her herbs and spices that you use in mexican food throw it in a taco book amazing like there's so much you can actually do that creates variety um but in answer to your question so there's a great um chick called the minimalist baker on Instagram um, and the cool thing is is she's not completely plant-based but she does focus on plant pred predominant food so for those people that want to just incorporate more plants they can totally use her as a platform or a crutch to help them transition into eating more plants in their diet um, my Instagram has some recipes on it too I'm so happy to speak to anyone that wants to reach out to me about ways in which they can get creative with plants but it's all about the spices and flavors and herbs you know you can have so much fun with it um yeah and it doesn't have to be as boring as like steaming some vegetables on a plate <laughs> it really isn't that boring <laughs> hello uh-oh i've got two It'll pick up. Yeah, oh, there we go. We're, we're back. We're back. Yeah. You know, this, uh, I, I had them up my service to a thousand megabytes to the biggest plan and it's still doing this while I'm, uh, while I'm live streaming. So it I'm going to be, it could be me. So no, I'm, no, it's not you. It's not you. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, it's been doing that. And so I'm going to have to, I think I'm just going to have to get a dedicated line in here and a bigger line. And maybe I don't, I gotta do something because that's really annoying. Uh, I'm so this is supposed to be a professional show here, right? <laughs> those, those little, those, that little stuff shouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, great. Thank you for that information. This has been a uh, a loaded and packed uh, episode full of good stuff, man. You, you really know your shit. 
I hope so. I hope so. Fact check every fact check everything. Um, but the book just yeah, it changed my life. It's such a good way to start understanding how to just treat your body better, treat your body with respect and love. Um, and that's a non hippie thing that I'm trying to put out to the world. It's just the truth, you know, like I see so many people getting more and more sick at an earlier age and it's scary. Like what's, what's the quality of life if you're 40 years old and you have serious back issues or like serious stomach issues or serious, serious, whatever, you know, you want to live a, the longest, healthiest life you possibly can. And the only way you can do it is treating your body with some respect. So yeah, I learned the hard way, you know, so I just want yeah. everyone else to try and do whatever they can to avoid incurable diseases. <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a good, uh, uh, a good uh, goal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. So let everybody know where they can find you and, uh, and anything that you want to um, plug, promote. Um, now's that time. Well, you can find me on Clubhouse <laughs> and Sean. <laughs> You'll find us on Clubhouse. Yeah, actually, no. what is your what is your let's let's do that. Let's go. What's your what's your at? Uh, it's just Sarah Dak. S A R A H D A K H. So nothing too creative, just a full name. Um, D A K H. They can see it. Yeah. So, and then bare root, as you can see on my, um, I mean, on your little screen situation. Yeah. So that's my Instagram, bare root, which is, and the underscore at the end. And it's just all about educating you with how plants can heal your health problems. And like every, every different plant does something different for the gut. Like, tomatoes can heal cancer <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> so yeah i want to teach everyone about all this crazy stuff that no, not many people know about yet so yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> and and just to piggyback off of your um what you were talking about the uh, medical marijuana yeah. i actually i actually got off of opiates using uh edible marijuana well done yeah so i had that's amazing yeah, I went from an 18-year methamphetamine addiction into a seven-year opiate addiction, and then finally I was just like, you know what? Let's uh, let's 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 stop this. Let's stop the no- let's stop the insanity, the nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. It, and I've and I've been doing it ever since. So I make my own uh, chocolate uh, infused cannabis chocolate, and I microdose daily. Yum. You know what I'm thinking about microdosing, and I don't know if this is I can say this online, but um, ma- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I want to see how that goes. Apparently, it's really good for uh, depression and anxiety. I don't have either of those, but I hear that the studies are definitely looking promising. And yeah, I look forward to the future of psychedelics and figuring out how to heal people with mental health issues. I've, I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. Microdose. Yeah. So, yeah. So I took, uh, I got, I got, uh, you know, some, some, uh, mushrooms and I used a uh, coffee grinder and I grinded it all up and then I capped it up myself. And my, my dose was three tenths of a gram. And that wasn't, that was enough because it's, uh, if you take too much, then you start to feel, 
tired, right? The, you start, the real you start, effects. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not really the real effects. There, it's like it's like it's not. It's not what you would think. Um, you just get kind of tired, and you sort of feel it. You'll feel it in your body a little bit, and then you know, like ah, I need to back off one more, right? So yeah. I started. I started out with uh, five tenths of a gram. And then that was too much. And then I backed down to four tenths the next day. And then that was too much. And then I did three tenths. And that was where I was starting to feel the benefits of it without the rest of it, right? Without the other things. It was almost to there, but not really. That and I did that. Yeah. And I did it for about a month. And I, I, you know, it, it really did make me feel a lot better. It, it, my, uh, creativity was up. Um, you know, my, it just, it, there was just something, there was something about it that I, I, I couldn't explain it. Um, I know what mushrooms do and I know how good they are for you, especially, um, in behavioral change when you actually do the deep dives with the guided, uh, uh, the guided, um, whatchamacallits. And, uh, I'm actually currently seeking out, uh, uh, he, a guided, you know, whatever you well, call it. A Sherman for ayahuasca. No, not for ayahuasca. Uh, someone to do a, like a, a five gram, uh, trip on mushrooms, but to, okay. but, but, but in a, in a therapeutic setting, like in a count, okay. in a setting where there's, cause I've never done that. I've all, I've only partied with them. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's, <laughs> that's always a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time, but it's like, if you, you never, you don't get to that point where you're yeah. having, where you're having like, uh, you know, come to Jesus moments and, you know, you're of figuring course. out why you're such a piece of shit in certain situations, yeah. right? Like your behavior, you know, is, is, is this way. And so I've been, I've been going into the, uh, uh psilocybin rooms and, and hi, uh, the psychedelic rooms in, um, clubhouse. Yeah. And, you know, making uh, connections in there with people that are local in San Francisco, because there are, there are some people here. You just gotta, you just gotta seek them out and find them. I mean, but yeah. they're not, they're, they're not billboards advertising it. That's for no. sure. <laughs> it's not that legal yet, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. But anyways, it was great connecting with you. I really enjoyed uh, this episode and I enjoyed all the information that you put out there. And Thanks, anytime Sean. you, yeah, anytime you want to come back on and talk about something, man, hit me up and you're more than welcome to uh, bring, bring more value to okay. the show. <laughs> Fabulous. You know what I'll do? I'll microdose and then I'll hit you up and I'll say, let's talk about microdosing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's value. I think people would be very interested in that. <laughs> yeah. I, the only reason I just, I said value like that, cause that's the clubhouse, uh, uh, hot word right now. Oh, right. I haven't heard that one yet. Or maybe I just tune out when people use those sort of <laughs> phrases yeah. like, thank you. Thank you for opening this space. Thank you yeah, this for being space. a part of this space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they mean well. <laughs> yeah, I just think that there's like a list of all these things that they think that they need to say to make sure that they sound holistic <laughs> and authentic. Yeah, and, and transparent. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know the and, buzzwords. And all the walking, buzzwords. walking in your truth. Um, what yeah. are the other ones? <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put on a course of a, uh, an authenticity course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't forget to sign up for my uh, for my course. All right. Uh, yeah. Let me get you into my sales funnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget to follow me and all the other moderators, and follow the club as well. Right. All right, Sarah. Well, we're gonna pull out of here. Yeah, and, lovely uh, chatting with you, Sean. 
you too and for everybody else uh thank you for watching the show i got one more coming at you tomorrow live at 6 p.m uh that actually that was another clubhouse one a woman reached out and said my husband has been through some stuff sort of similar to you and i'd love to have him on your show and i'm like okay that's wow. a, that you usually the, it, that doesn't happen that way but sure why not could be an <laughs> interesting one yeah, yeah. It's like usually the husband comes and asks me to be on the show, not the wife saying that you should. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. We'll see, right? I'm, I'm always I'm always down for a good a good conversation. Of course. <laughs> well, good luck with it. All right. Thanks, Sarah. And for no everybody worries, else, uh, see you later. See you tomorrow. Have a good evening. And uh, keep it 100 and stay true to yourself. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue-collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.